from the NFL. We know the Browns have talent, but I'm not sold on this rookie head coach. To the NBA. Kawhi Leonard has added his name as one of the best players in basketball. Across the landscape of college football. The Pac-12 got how many teams in the top 25? And so much more. Watson needs a Dana White. It has too many chefs in the kitchen. The stories you want. The Zeke Elliott holdout could be coming to a close. The opinions you need. LeBron is coming back with revenge on his mind. The king is back. It's Jay Wise. I keep telling y'all my last name is no joke. And Nathan Drinkard. If they don't win this game, it's a wrap. Stick a fork in them. They're done. This is a drink of wisdom. Welcome to a drink of wisdom with Jay Wise and Nathan Drinkard. I'm your host, Cody Ward. Thanks for spending some of your time with us tonight. As a reminder to our listeners, besides being on all your favorite podcast platforms, A Drink of Wisdom is also on YouTube with each show segment available. Head on over, and if you like what you hear, we'd appreciate hitting that subscribe button. What's going on, guys? Happy Friday. What's going on, man? We got the beard, we got the drink, and we got the wisdom. Let's go. I like it. Let's talk some sports, baby. Let's do that. In episode 68, it's all footballs. We play over-under on win projections and continue with our draft grades of the AFC and NFC North. We begin tonight with our over-under predictions for the AFC. These win projections were provided by PointsBet, and they range from the Chiefs and Ravens having another great season, while teams like the Jaguars and Bengals are predicted to struggle yet again. All right, Jay, let's start off in the AFC East of the Patriots. Projections 9, over-under. Yeah, hard to see them being better than a 500 team with a quarterback turnover. I got this one as an under. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jay on this one. Um, no quarterback. I mean, where they have a quarterback, not one that I really trust. So, yeah, I'm going with the under as well. Yep, under for me too. Uh, no quarterback until we figure that out. It's going to be an under for me. All right, drink. Bills are set at nine. What do you think? I'm going to go with a push. I, I like the number nine. I, I think that's that's very doable for what they're going to have on offense, um, what they're bringing back on defense. So I'm going to go with a push on that. All right. This is going to shock y'all, but I got this one as a over. I've been ragging on the Bills for quite some time, but I think they're well-constructed. Sean McDermott's proved to be a fine coach. Unless Josh Allen is throwing a ball to the referee, this is an over. Yep, I've got over as well. I think they should win the division this year. I think the first time in a while you'll see a team that isn't the Patriots take, take it home for them. All right, Jay, Jets are at six and a half, over under. Well, we got to remember this is a team that won seven games last year with a quarterback out there that was, you know, dealing with mono. So we got to take that in consideration. I like their draft. I think Sam Darrell, the full year, we're going to see the best of him. I think this is an over. Yeah, um, it's it's hard for me to go against what Jay said. Every, I think they're going to be better. They're going to be more healthier. Um, they, they won't have to worry about that dominant presence of the Patriots as much. So I, I agree. I, I'm going with the over on this. I got over two as well, but yeah, just barely. I think they're going to be about a seven, eight win team. I think they'll split with New England and they'll pick up a win or two elsewhere, but I'm not super sold on them, but I do have them over. All right, we'll wrap up with the Dolphins drink. What you got? They are at six. Oh, Dolphins, they, they're going to be improved, um, but I'm going to have to keep them at a push. I, I, I don't see them making a drastic improvement, but a proven nonetheless, so I'm going to keep them at six. Yeah, remember five games last year when we thought they'd win zero. Brian Flores, he's proved that he's an exceptional coach in his first year. They improved a whole lot in the draft and in free agency. This is an easy over for me. I got I to gotta push right now because Tua's got his work cut out for him, and the, the losses have to go somewhere. So I just look at them still being the weakest of these four teams. But six, but I can see a little bit over two as well. 
All right, let's move drink to the AFC North, and we'll start with uh, the Ravens. 11 and a half is their number. What do you think, over or under? Uh, I'm going to go with the over. I think they're going to win 12 or more games this year. Um, so I'm going to go with the over. That's a that's a lot of win that's that's a lot of wins, but I agree. I like the over too. They're loaded. Lamar Jackson, I think we're gonna see improvements with him in the passing game, especially they got him another weapon in Devin Duvernay. Uh we'll talk about the draft later, but they did very well there. This is an over. Yeah, I had him as under slightly just because I think – I mean, they're going to be the playoffs. They're going to be good. I just – there's there's more competition even in the division. So, I, I got about 10-11 wins. I think they'll be right about there, maybe a hair under. All right, uh, Jay, Steelers are set at nine over under. One last hurrah for Big Ben. This is an over. Mm. Okay, so I'm on the opposite end of that. I'm going I'm to take this as an under, I think uh, – Big Ben, it will be one last hurrah, but I don't think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm under on as well. I'm just not really sold on Big Ben anymore after his year hanging out in the cave somewhere. Uh, not sold on the age of the team either. And the defense is going to carry him, but I'm, I'm closer to seven, eight wins. Not tremendously under, but a little bit. All right, Drake Brown's way up there at eight and a half. Is that is that enough? Yeah, uh, I do think it's enough. And uh, I, I'm going to go with the over. I think the Browns are going to do pretty well this year. I think you got some of that shenanigans out of the building that they had last year. We seen the way they drafted and everything. I, I got I got confidence in the Browns this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the over. There's a whole. There's so much. You thought you talk about all the talent they had on this team last year. They even hey have even more talent on the team this year. I still got them under. I just can't believe. I, I shouldn't believe either, but I do have them over. They should win 10 or 11 games this year. There's no excuses left. They had great talent. They had a great draft. They had great free agency. Like, if, if they ain't going to do it this year, then just go back to what they were doing, I guess. All right, we'll wrap up with the Bengals, Jay. Five and a half for Burrow and his crew. What do you think? Yeah, this is an under. Yeah, I know they got Joe Burrow. T. Higgins will help. A.J. Green might help, but Joe Brady ain't going to help you. Thaddeus Moss, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. The list goes on and on. This is an under. Oh, with Jay, I think that absolutely under, baby. Joe Burrow, boy, this boy, you about to get eight alive in the NFL in your first year. This is about to get ugly. So I'm taking the under all the way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Burrow and his pineapples that I got under as well. They're too young, too rebuildy. So, you know, at the end of the day, someone has to soak up all the L's, right? And I just, I don't, I see them going down to them until further notice. All right, let's go to one of our favorite divisions, the AFC South. Jay, we'll start with uh, our favorite GM and the Texans. They're set at eight. You're going to love this. This is a push right on the dot. They're not going to be that good, but Deshaun Watson won't let them be terrible. They'll win eight games. Uh, no, nah, I'm sorry, because they, they let his, his favorite guy go out the door for a bag of uh, chips. And, uh, you know, no, nah, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm taking the under on this one. Yeah, I actually wrote push as well. I think they'll be I'll be straight up eight and eight. I just I have enough confidence in Deshaun Watson to float a, a very questionable roster, but I can't give him any more than that. All right, drink the Titans are actually set at eight and a half over under. Uh, I got them going over. I think, uh, but it, the division that division is probably going to be between two teams when it's all said and done. Them being one of the teams, so I'm gonna give them the over. I I, I like them to win more than eight and a half. This is an under. Ryan Tannehill turns back into a pumpkin. Isaiah Wilson has a little bit of an adjustment to the NFL. And Derrick Henry, he's going to do his usual thing, a slow first half, and that's where they'll get tripped up. This is an under. 
Yep, I'm under as well. I'm just not really buying Tannehill and Henry are going to just keep up what they were doing uh, and their lucky rabbit's foot and all that. There's some questions on that team. I took the under, but they'll, they'll still be about a 7-8-win team. Uh, we got the Colts up next, Jay. They're set at 9. This is an over. I told you about Big Ben's last hurrah. You won't want to miss Phillip Rivers and his old last hurrah. They'll win 10 games, and they win this division. God damn it. Oh, what are we talking about? Yo, the Colts. <laughs> I got the under about as much as you can have the under. You know how you know how I feel about Phillip Rivers. You you know what it is. And as far as they might win the division, but hey, the whole division is piss poor this year, so it don't matter. I'm taking the under all the way. I took the over only because, again, they are in the AFC South. I got about 10 and 6 for them. Rivers, that that offensive line's very good. They got a scrappy, opportunistic defense. I don't expect rings. They could they could win some games. All right, we'll finish off with the Jags drink. They're set at five among the lowest in the league. And rightfully so. Send them to London, baby. Yeah, I got a um, you know, I got that whopping under. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they give us a two-win season in this joint. Uh so yeah, I, I got them with the, the whopping under on that one. This is this is an under. This is about to be an unmitigated disaster. Gardner Minshew is going to have Doug Marone in one ear, Ben McAdoo in another, and I don't know, Jay Gruden in the headset. I don't know. It's just going to be too much. Your mustache ain't going to carry you to many wins. This is an under. Yeah, I had to be objective here, and my heart tells me that Minshew is going to find a way that defense is going to be good, and my brain tells me to put the drugs down. So it's going to be an under, and this team, with the first time in franchise history, could be picking number one next year. Move on to the AFC West, and we'll start with the defending champs drink. The Chiefs are set at 11 and a half. What do you think? Well, you know what it is when you got Mahomes back there throwing the side arm, and then you bring back 20 or the 22 positions. It's a little hard for me to say that you're going to do worse. And you drafted well with the few picks that you had. So, you know, I'm going 12 and over. Yeah, same. 11 and a half. That's a lot of wins to bet, but they're too good. They got the best quarterback in football. This is over. Yeah, I had over as well. I mean, why not? I mean, why why wouldn't they win 14 games to get a first-round bye? I, I don't see any reason they wouldn't. All right, move on to uh, the Broncos, Jay. Seven and a half is their set number. This is an over. The Broncos will be in the playoffs next season. This defense gets Bradley Chubb back. They got a whole lot more weapons for Drew Locke with Melvin Gordon, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hammer. The list goes on and on. This is an over. I'm going to try this again, Broncos, for the second year in a row. I'm going to agree with Jay that you're going to make the playoffs. Please make the playoffs. Don't make me look like a fool, and I'm going to take the over on the Broncos. Yeah, I'm over as well. I'm, I'm, I like what they're doing a lot down there. I think Vaughn and Chubb are going to come back. They're going to be healthy, and that offense might start a little slow, but they can start clicking, and when they do, it can be fun once they get rolling, so I got them over. All right, we'll go over to the new Las Vegas now, Raiders. Uh, drink seven and a half for them as well. <laughs> Raiders. We don't even know who the quarterback going to be. Is it going to be Carr? Is it going to be Mariota? Hell, it might be John Gruden. I don't know. So, hey, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to take the under because I don't know what we're going to get other than a Las Vegas-style sideshow. Oakland, Las Vegas, they can move back to Los Angeles. It don't matter. It's an over. It's an, I, this is an under. My bad. This is an absolute oh, oh, under. Oh, oh, yeah. This is this is an under. <laughs> yeah, I got under as well. I'm I'm not I'm not digging what they're doing really there. Questionable draft decisions, questionable quarterback rooms, a, a questionable team. All right, we'll we'll finish up in the AFC with the Chargers, Jay. They're also at seven and a half. So what do you think about them? 
Yeah, this is about the quarterback position. I just don't see Justin Herbert having immediate success as much as I like the rest of their roster. This is an under. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, I done made it very clear. I'm not. I'm not very. Um, I'm, I'm not into Herbert. I don't. I don't really believe in him as such. I don't think the fans gonna believe in him, and I think they're gonna be the only team in the NFL that still carry on that coronavirus deep off into next year because they won't have no fans at the game. So I'm taking the under. <laughs> yeah, I, I have under as well. I mean, we could be wrong here. That, that defense could be really, really special and just just flat carry them. But, yeah, I'm not really sold on Herbert, and I'm not buying that Tyrod Taylor is going to come in and win eight games out of the gates. So, yeah, under for me. All right, guys, let's go ahead and keep it rolling with the NFC this time around. The odds makers view the 49ers and the Saints as the cream of the crop, but the Tampa Bay Gronkineers and Dallas aren't far behind. On the flip side, the Redskins and the Panthers do project near the bottom. So, Drink, we will start in the NFC East with the Eagles set at nine and a half. Well, let me tell you something. If they would have had a better draft, I would have loved to say it over. But um, after the draft that they had and the way they kind of limped into the playoffs last year, I don't know. When I put it all together, I'm going to say under. I'm just not feeling confident about it. Well, that's got a valid point there. I can't argue that. I still got them over. I I can't imagine they have the same amount of injuries as they had last year and they won nine games with those injuries, this is a slight over. I think they win 10 games. Yeah, I, I kind of went with Drake. I took the under a little bit. I think they'll be close, but I just uh, one of the things I just think is, are they a better team than they were last year? And I, I just don't think they are at the draft and everything played out. So we'll see. Jay, we got the Cowboys up next at nine and a half. Expect things out of them. Yeah, and I know I'm going to regret it. I got this as an over. They're too good. They got way too much talent. But you know what? They're – they're the Cowboys. They're they're primed to disappoint you. I'm glad I'm not a fan. Well, hey, if you're going to be disappointed, I'm going to be disappointed with you because I also got them as an over. And you know what? None of us uh, skip Bailey, so I think we'll sleep well at night if uh, we're <laughs> yep. wrong this one. I'm, uh, I'm very used to disappointment, so it ain't going to bother me. I also took the over. Um, they, they should be a legitimate team in the, AFC, in the NFC, rather. I mean, if you can keep Dak just on, from the distractions off the field and the contracts, you can get back to feeding Zeke. I mean – you should be a legitimate team. There's no, there's no more excuses. Uh, all right, Drink, uh, the Giants up next set at six and a half. Um, as excited as I was about their draft, listen, you still got to play the other teams. And um, I got them with a whopping under. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to make that six and a half. So, uh, yeah, I got them under. I got them at an under as well. I know Daniel Jones showed some flashes last year. But all in all, I am still not sold. And that's the biggest reason I got them as an under. I took the over. I like their draft and free agency a lot. I think you got a solid win up front team. That's, you know, a pass rusher away from beating almost every game they play. You get Saquon healthy and he runs a lot. They could be in every game. So I could see him like finishing around eight and eight. All right, Jay, we'll wrap up with the Redskins. They're set at five among the lowest type of the Jaguars. Yeah, they'll, they'll beat that. This is an over. Ron Rivera is going to have an immediate impact on that team. That defensive line and that front seven, they're going to be pretty fearsome. Dwayne Haskins, I expect some improvement. This isn't over. Yeah, you know what? And and just like Jay said, listen, just just look at the 49ers. You won't need Dwayne Haskins to be just a world beater. If you can get that run game going and let that defense let loose, they'll definitely be over. I, I don't see them uh, going under this five. I took the under, but I mean, I, I see y'all's point. I mean, I was just, I was kind of not confident in Haskins and if that defense is really good. And it just strikes me as this is not going to quite be their year, but I, I could be wrong on that one. All right, move over to the NFC North and start with the Packers drink. A lot made about them. They're 7-9. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I had to start with the Packers. I think Jay should have started with the Packers, but here's I the agree. deal. Um, <laughs> uh, here's the deal. With all that said, um, I'm going to go with the under. I just um, – the Packers, they got, they got a lot going on now with the way they drafted. Now your franchise quarterback is not happy. You got a young rookie over here smelling like he coming into the league with the new car smell. Uh, listen, I, I just don't see how they do it. I'm, I'm going to go with the under. I got him as an over, but it's it's close. They'll win 10 games, but th- this is going to be all about Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to hear nothing about Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst. And it, 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 you know, the 10 wins they get from this year won't have anything to do with the players they drafted this year. Mm. Yeah, I got him at uh, – I do have him as an under. I just think there's going to be too many distractions. And I'm really just convinced the team's just a year older. Are they any better? I, I don't I don't really think they are. And then off the field stuff, it, it could be a tough year for them. But Aaron Rodgers has he's, – he's been proven to do some stuff before. Uh, we'll go ahead and go over the Vikings, Jay. They're set at eight and a half. Love what the Vikings did uh, in the draft. They had the best draft in this division. Uh, the only, This is an easy over for me. They win this division. Only way they lose it is if Kirk Cousins has too many primetime games and can't measure up. Mm, you got you to do better, Kirk Cousins. Hey, but listen, I agree with Jay. Listen, the day draft was phenomenal. I, it looked like they had 15, 16 picks. Um, it, it was outrageous. But the picks that they had, they used them on positions that they needed. I think this team is good enough to get it done. I'm going to take the over. And I agree with Jay 100% with the – 100% emoji. You, you got to do better, Kirk Cousins. You, we need you. You got to do better. Yeah, I took the over as well. They're reloaded. They're still solid across the board. I'm never going to expect Cousins to win at all, but they could certainly be a 9-11 team and 9-11 or to 11 win team in this division, rather. All right, Drink, we have the Bears up next at 8.5. Which quarterback do we get? Uh, we – all of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't expect yeah, falls, but – I was I was hoping Jay came out with the left field saying doesn't matter earlier, because oh. uh, it, it really don't. Um, listen, here's the deal. Uh, I'm gonna take the under. I'm just not impressed with with that offense, even though they, they they're trying. I give them that that credit. They are trying, but that defense flapping in the wind because the offense. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, I'm gonna take the under with uh, with the Bears. This is an under no matter who plays quarterback. Mr. Trubisky, he about to wilt like a plant that ain't getting no water. Hey, you know Nick Foles. He Nick Foles in Philadelphia. He Nick fails everywhere else. Oh, oh, well, I, I can't you – know, my biggest thing with them is uh, I don't really believe the defense has that hard carry potential anymore, especially with, like, Khalil Mack starting to maybe fall off a little bit. Offense didn't get better, and, yeah, Foles, man. Not really buying it. So, yeah, I got an under there as well. All right, we'll finish up with the Lions in this division, Jay. Six and a half is where they're set. What I said about Jacksonville and the AFC, this is this is the same situation over here in Detroit. And it all comes down to Matt Patricia. When you got uh, people coming on national television calling you a bozo, that's not a good look. And you, every player that leaves there got something negative to say, this is about to be a disaster. Get rid of Matt Patricia, baby. His time need to be done in Detroit. That's all it is to it. Uh, they're going to go under just because every player over there seems to hate him no matter what. Uh, so I just don't see it. So you might well go ahead and send him to the Ford Plantation and make a couple of calls because that's about as much work you're going to get out of him. Yeah, I'd be honest if they had the worst draft in the world and all that. But, yeah, six and a half, I'd have to take the under. I mean, six games is part of the ceiling for this team, and that'd be if they overachieved a little bit. But, yeah, I, I definitely have the under for them. All right, let's move over to the NFC South, and we'll start with the Saints' drink. They're set at 10 and a half. 
gonna take the over. I didn't, uh, I, I thought they drafted well. I thought they, you know, it was fluky to me how they lost. You know, they got dominated in the playoffs last year. But I think they fixed those things. You just signed Jameis Winston, so you got a capable backup if something happens to Drew Brees. You signed Emmanuel Sanders, so now you do got a bit of a down-the-field threat. You uh, you still got Jared Cook. So I like what the, what the Saints did on both sides of the ball, so I'm going with the over. Yeah, I got the over in this one. Uh, Drew Brees. Uh, he's been performing at a high level for years. He performed at a pretty high level last year. Unless he has a huge fall off, this is an over. That's at the over as well. Um, we know that Drew Brees has an NBC contract coming up. This is probably his last year. So they're going to play with their hair on fire, and I'm, I'm taking the over. All right, Jay, we got the Falcons set at seven and a half. This is, this is an under for me. The, the Falcons, I lived in Atlanta for two years. I had all their games local. They're just boring to me. I, they're not interesting at all. Dan Quinn with the same polo every week. It's about it's about time for his it's about time for his time to be up under. Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. Dan Quinn, go and blow the dust off that resume because you're gonna need it, buddy. Um, let's let's be real here. You see the division that you play in. That goatee ain't taking you nowhere anywhere farther. Uh, get ready to be a defense coordinator again because you're out of here, buddy. Uh, and I, I'm gonna take the under with the Falcons because. Evidently, even when you draft offensive linemen, they just don't show up. And then, you know, it don't matter how much talent you got on the edge. If you can't get nothing done in the middle, it is what it is. So I'm taking the under with the Falcons. Yeah, I'm under as well. I'm just not really sold on the whole experiment. I think Dan Quinn just about um, – Dan Quinn just about, you know, got fired last year, and I just don't think the team's really all that bad. We're relying on a lot of injury-prone guys, older guys. I, I got the under uh, on this one. All right, Drink, we got uh, the Bucks. This is a fun one. They're set at 10. TBZ, baby. Listen, so you got Tom Brady, you got Grunt coming in. So, you know, that, that right there with the mixture of talent that they already had, I'm going to take the over. However, we di I didn't see quite the impact I want to see with the secondary. So, I, I mean, I guess I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. So, I'm going to take the over for now. Yeah, I like what they're doing. Uh, they're doing, obviously, getting Tom Brady and uh, bringing Grunt with him. That's going to have a huge effect. I think 10 is a number. This is my second push. This is a, this is a push. Wow. Yeah, I had the same thing. I had I think 10 is a solid number. I think the problem with them is you're going to see struggles early. You're going to kind of see that offense sputter a little bit at the beginning, just figuring everything out, shaking it into place. So I think like a 3-3 three and three start would be possible, but they'll turn it on later on in the season and get it going. So, yeah, 10 wins for me. All right, we'll finish up with the Panthers, Jay. They're set at five and a half. First of all, I love what they did in the draft. I told y'all. They only had four starters on their defense. Matt Rule took their advice. He drafted every player defense. It's still not enough for me, though. This is under. Well, I mean, I would say this. Um, you did tell us they had four players that was worth a darn. You absolutely said that. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I just went with the pedigree that I seen out of Matt Rule and uh, Joe Brady when it came to picking their players. And they did a phenomenal job in the draft. With that said, they still going to be the doormat of the division. I mean, that sounds good. But people going to still step over you and say, hey, good draft. Have a good one next year because you're going to be in a, a top five team probably next year. So, yeah, I'm going I'm going with that. <laughs> so, we, hey, I'm going to take the whopping under. <laughs> yeah, I got the under as well. I mean, they're just going to have to be the L sponge in this division. I mean, Bridgewater's a nice player, but I don't think he's truly a difference maker. I don't think he can elevate you above where you're supposed to be. And that defense is getting you near to gel up. So we'll finish off with the NFC West drink. We'll start with the 49ers Super Bowl runner-ups, 11 and a half. 
Hey, listen, I don't I don't see a reason why the 49ers can't be over. Uh, they they pretty much went out. I mean, they made some questionable moves, but I didn't see any moves that made me think like, huh, you brought in Trent Williams, so you evidently you want that offensive line to be better. I like that. You drafted pretty you, – you kind of start shooting eyeballs at first, and then you started making a couple of layups. But, listen, with all that said, you bring back majority of the team, so I'm going to take the over for the, you know, the Super Bowl runner-ups. I was I was tempted to take the under in this, you know, a little Super Bowl hangover perhaps, but they're just too good. Like, their defensive line is still going to get after you because they got Ken Law to replace Buckner. I mean, I expect Garoppolo is going to get a little better again this season. Their running game is still going to be dominant. Trent Williams is there. It's an over. Yeah, I had the over as well. I mean, I just think they're just as good, if not better, than last year. I like some of the trades. I like the two first-round picks. My problem with their draft was it was not a good draft for the future, but it was a fine draft for this year, so I got them over. All right, we got the Seahawks up next. Jay, nine and a half. Listen, uh, Russell Wilson should be insulted by this. He good for 10 wins by himself. Easy, <laughs> easy over. <laughs> I like that. Russell Wilson should be insulted by this. Um, I agree. He, they, they, they're good for 10 wins. I, I hope that they can make something happen with Jadavius Clowney and get him to sell less money, bring him in to help show up that defensive line more. But with that said, listen, this next team we're going to talk about, there's two wins right there. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Seattle and the over. Yep. I said under. I was thinking more like about nine. I just, I just don't think his help's gotten better. They can't rush the passer, and I just you got to play the 49ers twice a year. I don't know, man. So disrespectful. I, I hey, I may be wrong, but I, I don't know, man. I'm just not feeling. I'm not feeling what they're doing how they're treating Russell Wilson because I do have a lot of respect for him, uh, but the rest of the team. Man. All right, drink with the Rams up next at eight and a half. Oh yeah, so. When it comes to the Los Angeles doormats, um, they, look, they're going to be um, – you can all pencil them in. I, I mean, we talked about this. I think they're going to be the worst team in the division. I think the Cardinals are going to pass by them. And, uh, you know, Kyler Murray going to run right past them. So, I'm taking that whopping under, baby, with the salary cap. Shouts out to uh, Jalen Rams. Yep, yep. Interesting enough, the Rams uh, in their money troubles, they finally did something smart. They restructured that old Jared Goff contract. You know why, right? Because he ain't that dude like we told you last season. And they're going to be an under. Mm -hmm. I had under as well. It's just another team I'm not really digging. You know, Goff's not that great. McVay's big brain game plans seem to get figured out more and more every year. I do like some of the talent they drafted, but it ain't going to help them that much. And it ain't going to pay Jalen Ramsey. So it's an under. Thanks for the extra draft picks. All right, we'll finish up with the Cardinals, Jay. They're at seven. Yeah, I, oh, I think this is too high. I, I think they're heading in the right direction. You know how much I love Isaiah Simmons. But elsewhere on that defense, I still think they're pretty thin. I'm still not sold on offensive line, even though they've, they're making efforts to improve it. I still think they're an under. I'm, I'm going to say push. I think they're, they're where they need to be. It's still an improvement, but it's not like a drastic, oh, my God, look at this team come out of nowhere. So um, I, I'm going to go with the push as far as um, the Cardinals go. I took the over, but I mean, I think I'm still thinking about 500 for them. I just, I just like, I like the group. I thought that they played well last year at times, and Murray's gonna take a big step forward. But they he can, he can clean up some of the sack issues, and that defense can get better with Isaiah Simmons and whatnot back there. Uh, they could be a team that improves pretty quick, and they might get some wins over teams like the Rams. So I got them just over. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get back into some more NFL draft grades. Today we're attacking the AFC and NFC North divisions. 
And we'll start with the AFC side of things. Obviously, Joe Burrow went first overall. So we'll start with Cincinnati. Jay, you like the draft? I, I liked it. I thought they did a good job. I got them at a B. Again, I think when you're picking that high, I can't grade you but so high for, you know, getting the guy everybody says is the number one overall pick. And again, like I've been saying uh, all along, I think Tua, uh, when it's all said and done, he's better, he's better than Joe Burrow. So, but I really liked the T. Higgins pick. I thought that was a great pick in the second round. Um, start of the second round. Uh, they addressed the linebacker needs that they had with Logan Wilson, Keem Davis, uh, Gaither. So overall, this is solid. This is a B. Yeah, yeah, I'm on par with Jay on this one. I gave him a B minus. Listen, you you don't get credit for a copy and paste with Joe Burrow. You did what you were supposed to do. You you didn't mess it up. You made the layup. Hurrah for you. But hey, like you said, give, give you credit for drafting in, uh, T. Higgins, the wide receiver out of Clemson with the 33rd pick. A, you know, really big frame receiver with good hands. I think him and Joe would be able to create chemistry together that should last for a few years. We'll see. And then um, uh, you got, you drafted Logan Wilson, the linebacker out of Wyoming, with the 6th and 5th pick. You better hope that pan out because uh, people wonder why the hell you even looking in Wyoming, but it is what it is. And then, you know, he's an under-the-radar guy. But um, – you know, he's a better coverage linebacker than he is with, the, you know, actually laying the boom. So he might or might not be a day one starter. We'll see. Yeah, overall, I, I did like it, too. I didn't have too many complaints. You know, we, we beat the Joe Burrow horse a lot. But it's basically up now to see if the play match, matches up to what we think about these quarterbacks. Uh, but you got a team that really needed a new start under center. And Burrow's got a good chance to succeed there. You know, Zach Taylor's very offensive-minded. He kind of play, he kind of thinks a lot like they did at LSU. So I like the matchup there. Uh, T. Higgins obviously was a great um, implement there. And with him and Boy, they can have a nice wide receiver trio. So he's got some weapons to step into. Uh, the linebacker load up on days two and three. I can't say I was crazy about it. You know, you're talking about Wilson out of Wyoming. You know, I felt like that could have been a little bit of a reach, but they did need the linebacking help. So I, I can dig the pick a little bit. And then uh, Kareem could be a nice deal in the fifth round and get some playing time early. And the only knock I really have on this draft overall is the offensive line. You know, is, is this is a deep class. They didn't really go much into it, especially early on in the draft. So I would have liked to see one of those linebacker picks at some point be offensive lineman, but it is what it is. So I gave it an A minus. All right, Drake, the Browns are up next. Seemed like, like what they did, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did like what they did. I gave the Browns an A. Um, you, you you drafted Jedrick Wills, the offensive tackle out of Alabama with the 10th pick. Um, the best pass blocker of the group in, without um, within the whole draft. He should do well uh, protecting Baker Mayfield's blind side, and that's what we want to see, what Mayfield can do when he gets some protection. So I really liked that. Then you, uh, you got a, a pretty, what some people would call a steal in Grant Deppitt uh, as safety with the 44th pick out of LSU. Look, solid, solid coverage guy. Uh, definitely a playmaker, so he will add some juice to that secondary. But he got to work on his tackling. He he, kinds of, he tends to run away from tackling. And in the NFL, if you do that, they will sniff that out, and you will be on SportsCenter. And then um, you got the Jordan Elliott pick, the defensive tackle out of Missouri with the 88 pick. A very, a very solid run stopper. Uh, should have an instant impact with that defensive line to help uh, the edge rushers get around, young, young Helmet himself get around and uh, make some plays on the uh, opposite quarterback. So, yeah, I, I gave the Browns an A. Yep, right on the money with this one. I got him as an A. I think they did an outstanding job here. I think they got the best tackle in this draft with Jedrick Wills. And then I love the Grant, Grant Delpit pick. Also love Jacob Phillips. So you get two guys off of LSU. So you know you're adding a lot of speed to that defense. 
And then keep an eye on the uh, the last pick they had, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Keep an eye on him. Could be a factor in the slot. Could be a factor in the return game. Yeah, I think all three of their first picks, three first three picks rather, were all just sort of home runs. I mean, I think that you're talking about value and ability to play. They're all great. Uh, Wills is also a great run blocking guy too. He's got a lot of agility. And he can help kind of balance that offense and take some of the load off Baker Mayfield. Uh, I thought Delvin was a huge steal in round two. He's got a couple of question marks. He's still that special talent that maybe kind of got lost a little bit in how good that LSU defense was top to bottom. And then Jordan Elliott in Missouri in the third was almost criminal. I mean, he was 23rd on PFF's big board. And a lot of other sites had him equal to or above a lot of the two, day two, three tackles. So you stuff in the middle, let Garrett work around, like y'all said, and, man, that could be a really good uh, defensive line. Uh, I thought their day three wasn't spectacular, but it wasn't bad either. Jacob Phillips may have been a little bit of a reach, but the rest of the guys are good pickups. Like you said, Jay, Don Peoples-Jones and six was an excellent value. Uh, Bayfield is quickly running out of excuses, like I said, so I gave them an A. All right, Jay, we got the Steelers up next. What do you think of their draft? Oh, man, this – this is, this is a tough one. This is a this is a classic C draft to me. I don't I don't see much that really pops for me. You got Chase Claypool in the second round. We'll see how that goes. He's a big body guy can make plays, uh, but that, to me there just ain't a whole lot that pops here. I thought they would have taken a quarterback in the later rounds that they could groom behind Big Ben because you know it ain't Devin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. I think we've seen enough of those guys. So yeah, this is you know your average run of the mill, no first round pick draft. This is a C. Yeah, hey, and, and to Jay's point about Mason Rudolph, um, this dude is about to be just as famous with his helmet off as with his helmet on. Uh, but I gave the Steelers an A minus uh, with the no first round picks. So in the second round, they took, you know, Chase Claypool, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame with the 49th pick, a big down the a big physical down the field threat with full force speed. I think so he will be able to, to, to help him and benefit. He's the type of receiver that the Steelers was looking for, that they needed. So they was in a fortunate position to get him. And then you got Alex Highsmith, the defensive end out of the Charlotte 49ers with the 102nd pick. A real solid pass rusher. Got good hands, good hand placement, good level shoulder pad placement. So that, that should work really well when, you know, when you're, you're putting pressure on the opposite quarterback. Um, it's still 50-50 to me. If he'll be a day one starter, we'll see. Uh, it, it all depends on his progression. And then with the third pick, you took Anthony McFarlane, the running back out of Maryland, with the 124th pick, a very underrated uh, running back, very explosive, and a change of pace type of back. So we'll see how they, you know, put put him with James Conner, see how they want to do that, do that with those two duos as a one-two punch. So, yeah, I, I gave it still as an A-minus. Okay. Yeah, this is a draft that I thought was just okay on paper. I, I kind of lean to Jays and the picks themselves. But if you do factor in the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, they got to think that was the best use of that first-round pick they could have probably had in this draft. So uh, Claypool in day two, it was an interesting prospect, but I'm not sure how much of an impact he's going to have day one. He feels like a guy that's going to have to kind of work into the rotation. He's going to have to kind of find opportunities, have to find ways to use him until he refines his skill set some. Uh, I like the running back addition a lot. That gives him, a, like you said, a good change of pace, and it's a good upgrade in the backfield. Uh, since I feel like this team is going to lean more in that run heavy way even with Big Ben back. Uh, Kevin Dotson from Louisiana was a steal in the fourth round. He could be really nice and some of those aging offensive linemen are set to kind of go their way. So I, my really issue the Steelers draft was kind of what direction are we going? This was, this was some of these picks were like, oh yeah, we're back in it. We're going to win now. And some were kind of like, yeah, just future guys we'll worry about later. I mean, it seemed like kind of like a directionless draft, but I, I gave it a B minus and that is propped up again by that Mika Fitzpatrick trade. So, all right, Drink, we'll finish up with the Ravens. How are they going to get back in the Super Bowl hunt? 
Oh man, they they just gonna hey listen, they just gonna do what they need to do and get the job done in the playoffs. That's what they're gonna do. But I gave them an A as far as uh their draft went. Uh, you know, they one of the positions on the they didn't have a lot of positions that needed help on the defense, but linebacker was one. So that's what they addressed at first. They got Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU with the 28 pick. Hey, could have been drafted earlier, but he slid down to the Ravens. No problem. Plug him in. Yeah, plug him into the, the the defense. Let him be a day one starter. Then in the second round, they took J.K. Dobbins. Listen, I, I do understand getting a, a top quality running back when you get him, but I didn't think Mark Ing, uh, Mark Ingram and uh, Gus Edwards was, was doing a bad job back there. But hey, maybe they're looking towards the future, or maybe one of them guys just went cutting it for him, so they want to add in a third back. All right, so uh, he he he's a very shifted back. He does well in between the tackles. He had, so I, I do think he brings very good depth to their running back position. And then with the third pick, you got Justin uh, Matabuke, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. They took him with the 71st pick. Listen, I think they reached for him, in my opinion. I hate to say this, you know what I'm saying? These guys living their dream, but, hey, I think they reached for him. I thought he was a day five or later guy, but he got drafted earlier. Hey, good luck to him. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a day one starter. But I guess, hey, you got picked pretty high, so get ready to strap it up, boys. Ooh, day five. Yeah, that's uh, if it's day five, that, that really is a reach. Uh, the Ravens, out of all the drafts uh, that we've seen so far, this is this is the best draft I've seen. I got it as an A+. Plus. I love what they did. Uh, Patrick Queen, and don't forget about Malik Harrison as well. So they got two guys that I think could come in real early and be an impact in the middle of that, uh, in the middle of that defense at the linebacker spot. I love the J.K. Dobbins pick. That What they're telling you here is they're just doubling down and tripling down on what they do best with running the football. Think about this. They got Dobbins after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Swift, and Jonathan Taylor were all off the board. And you can make a great argument. J.K. Dobbins was the best running back in this draft as far as purely running the football. So I love I love that, even though it is a luxury position. But then Matt Buque in the uh, as a third as the in the third round. Uh, I saw some grades where he was a late first round, early second round pick. So I, st- I find that good value there. Uh, Devin Duvernay in the third round. Listen, we've been talking about the wide receiver position. That was a huge need for them. I love that they addressed it. I think he's a good compliment to Hollywood Brown. And then Ben Bredesen in the fourth round, they had a needed guard with the loss of Marshall Yonda. I think he's a guy that could pr- uh, play early, even though he's a fourth round pick. A plus. Excellent draft. Yeah, I, I was high on this draft, too. This is easily one of my favorites. Uh, I'm not sure how a team on the cusp of the Super Bowl gets this kind of draft, but they uh, they did for whatever reason. Um, you know, Queen's got to be considered a steal at 28, even if the two other linebackers went off in front of him. I like all but one of the day two picks a lot, and it was the Dobbins pick, and I'm kind of with Drink on this one of I thought what they could have done is instead of having Dobbins in, in that early second round pick, they could have went wide receiver instead and then came back to running back. Like, if you're going to draft a luxury position like that, maybe you could have went to a more pressing need and a deeper part of the class and then maybe came back to running back later uh, with you know, they have what four third round picks so you know they had plenty of, of, of time to move up and down as they wanted uh, but but still you know you got Ingram you have Jackson basically running back too so Dobbins is gonna have to work for his carries but you know hey like you said they're, they're drafting what they do best so that, that's fine with me I like most of the other picks I, I thought they were all solid when they picked him uh, James Prochet out of SMU he could be one of the steals of this draft though uh, that, that man can flat play in, in that wide receiver position and six uh, round pick that's 
big value. And a lot of analysts seem to like Geno Stone a lot of, out of Iowa, rather, the safety. He thought was kind of underrated. So you picked up a ton of talent. You stocked for the future. You got your MVP quarterback, new toys to play with, man. I can't knock anything. That's an A-plus in my book. Oh, I, oh, Iowa got another one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Iowa. All right, guys, let's go ahead and keep it going with the NFC drafts. This division saw uh, Detroit take Jeff Okuda third overall, ending down those trade rumors. So what do you think, Drink? Yeah, I gave the Lions uh, A minus. I thought they, they drafted about as well, you know, pretty pretty good. Um, I don't think it's going to make an impact for them in the season, but I thought the draft went pretty well for them. And, you know, first they took Jeff Okuda, the cornerback out of um, Ohio State, third overall. Listen, this cat didn't get one – passing defensive pass interference or holding penalty the whole year last year that is phenomenal matter of fact when he said that i had to go do some research because i thought that was downright impossible but he he was telling the truth he did not get penalized on either one of those calls all year so that alone gets you in the top five um he's gonna be an instant impact we know that they had to replace Darius slay so very 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 good pick with that and then they took DeAndre Swift with the second pick, the running back out of Georgia with the 35th pick. Um, a bit of surprise, but when I think about Kerryon Johnson, listen, that guy, can't, he cannot withstand a season worth being a number one. Like, if he gets more than 20 carries a game, you best believe you're going to miss him for the next three. So if that's the case, there's nothing wrong with getting you another back back there that can help him carry the load, and hopefully he can make it through the whole season. And I know Matt Stafford wondering, what the hell, man? Can I get one running back throughout my tenure here? So um, I did like the depth of the running back position with uh, DeAndre Swift. And then Julia, uh, Julia O'Wara, the defense end out of Notre Dame with the, seven, with the 67 pick. You know, uh, I do think they can use him on that defensive line. He needs some fine-tuning to bend them corners a, lo a lot better. But... I do think he'll increase – well, make a positive impact, I should say, with that Lions defensive line. So, yeah, I gave the Lions an A-minus. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, skeptical on this one. I, I don't think it was terrible, but I don't think it was all that great. I got him as a C plus. It's similar to what I said about the Bengals and Redskins. I don't, I don't think it was a whole lot of secrecy that the Lions were going to take Jeff Okuda. So I'm not going to give you all that high marks for that. And then the Andre, the DeAndre Swift pick to me, it was a bit curious. I, I like Carryon Johnson. I it like most. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Dolphins were also talking about an offensive tackle at three. And so, I mean, you know, but uh, listen, I, I like Carryon Johnson. I also like Bo Scarborough. So I think they were pretty good, pretty well served at running back, even though the durability point on Carryon, I think it's valid. I'm also not all that high on Julian Okora, but I, I guess we'll see. Uh, I like that they did address the guard position in the third and fourth rounds with Jonah Jackson and Logan Stenberg. I thought that was well done. Uh, I think Quintus Cephas in the fifth round, I think that's a guy worth watching. I think he could be a, a bit of a steal in that round. Uh, overall, C+, plus, it's average. Not, you know, not bad, not that great for me. Yeah, I was a little bit more, I guess, with drink on this one. My grip is an A minus also. I, I think, like, the, the thing with Okuda is we, we talked about the trades. We talked about the quarterback. And I thought they might do something crazy. They didn't, obviously. But a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, they should have traded down. But I don't think the trade market was all that warm. I thought the – the, the, the people later on knew they could get their guy or they could get him like with Miami and Chargers. So it's doubtful they could have gotten a big haul. So instead of just selling off where they could get, they just took a near can't miss guy. They replaced Darius Slay. It fills a big knee. It's a nice safe big. Yeah. Swift. I agree with a little bit. I just, you know, it's not the biggest need and running back in the second round, you better have a good reason you're taking them even that high at the top of the second round, brother. 
and yeah, was wasn't crazy about it. Uh, Okwara is a guy that I think has, I think he's got a good nose for the quarterback. He's a nice pick. Again, nothing crazy, just nice, nice, solid pick. Uh, big fellas in the offensive line. I like that in the middle of the draft. And then uh, Cephas, like you said, Jay, I, a couple of games I watched in Wisconsin, that dude was catching everything. So mm-hmm. he might yep. be a really solid player, a really good uh, possession wide receiver, if nothing else, and Stafford can easily move the chain. So, you know, I don't like – and mind you, the day three picks, they are all solid. Overall, I kind of liked it. A lot of big guys can't knock it, uh, A and yeah. minus. If you catch a passes in Wisconsin, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, he Jay, we get them. We got, he did. All right, Jay, we have the Bears up next. What do you think about them? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I really don't. Uh, Ryan Pace got me scratching my head year after year. Uh, they had what, – what they have, like, ten tight ends on their roster, and now they got another one with Cole Komet. So – they had nine before they drafted Cole, so okay, yeah, only, nine. only nine. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Excuse me. Uh, they just and you know they just paid Jimmy Graham a nice contract to go out there and catch. I don't know, 30, 35 passes. Now they got Cole Komet to go with the other eight tight ends. It is, so uh, I, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with that. Uh, I, I like the Jalen Johnson pick. I thought I, I told you, I told y'all about uh, uh, Kyle Fo and Eddie Jackson uh, outside of those guys. I think they needed some help in that secondary, so they got it. Uh, but after that, they had, you know, some fifth-round picks and seventh-round picks. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty much just looking at the the, the second-round picks, and uh, I'm split on them. One good one, one that's just – I don't know what it is. C-minus. Uh, so, <clears throat> when we started this, I had the Bears at a B, and then I thought, what what in the hell are you going to do with 10 tight ends? So, I had to move – I had to move down to a B-minus. That, that ain't going to cut it. So, moving on to that second pick, Jalen Johnson, uh, the cornerback out of Utah with the 50th pick. Listen, shut down corner. He's going to be a day one starter. He's really, really good with the deep ball. He can locate the ball well. He's going to be definitely an upgrade. Jay told you why when you add him with the other two studs back there. And then their third pick, uh, Travis Gibson. Defensive end out of Tulane, took him with the 155th pick, a very disruptive defensive end. Um, Will crack the the rotation day one. Wouldn't necessarily call him a starter, but I do think as the year go, you'll see more and more of him. So uh, I I end up giving the the Bears a young B minus for this crap at tight end. Yeah, I, I'd agree. You know, this this draft felt really meh for me. You know, like I said, that ten tight end stat that came across on draft night. I thought they were joking. I thought someone was making it up, and I was like, oh my god, no, they really have ten tight ends. Holy crap! I just I don't get what on earth like would make you think, oh, we'll get another one. You know, so I'm gonna say we're reaching for that in round two with nine on the roster. Maybe not the best use of your resources. Uh, Jalen Johnson, like y'all said, is nice. That's a, that was a good bounce back though. That kind of saved this draft a little bit and salvaged it from being horrible. Uh, he's got great instincts. He's gonna be really good. Um, the tackle, you know, the tackle help came late, but I, I can't help but think like one of those second rounders probably should have been something to better help your offense in, in a way you actually needed, you know, more alignment for Foles, you know, how fragile he can be, another wide receiver maybe, just something. That, that offense was so anemic and just another dude at tight end. Is that really what we got? You know, I get your ammo was limited. You had to be careful with it, but it feels like you just squandered your first, your your highest pick, and then you just kind of took whatever was hanging out when you got there. So, yeah, I, I, I got a C on this one. That's probably being generous. All right, Drake, the Vikings are up next. What do you think of them? Hey, uh, it's no secret how we felt about how the Vikings uh, drafted. I, I gave them an A. Uh, I thought they did very well. Listen, you got Stefan Diggs. As soon as he heard Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins was going to get paid, he chucked the deuces. I'm out of here. You sent him to Buffalo. And in return, what you got for him, you got Justin Jefferson. 
hey, I thought Justin Jefferson was one of the four top wide receivers in this draft. So I, you, in my book, you got the, the Stephon Diggs replacement, uh, leg for leg, arm for arm. Um, day one starter. Hopefully he can come around and help Thielen, Rudolph, Cook, Cousins, and company uh, keep that offense rolling for the future. But I, I, I love that pick. And then second, you took Jeff Glantley, the cornerback out of TCU with the 31st pick. Um, a, a corner that a lot of people had, you know, the, the, the Vikings drafting. Um, I guess a lot of people seen him sliding down that far. Uh, I didn't. I, I thought he was going to be off the board a little earlier. But, you know, the cornerback position was a little irky in that first round and, and on into the second one. Also a day, day one starter. And then with your third pick, you took Ezekiel Cleveland. The offensive tackle out of Boise State with the 58 pick. A really, really solid pick. Um, another guy that, that was mentioned early in the draft. You got him on day two. He will be a day one starter. So, listen, and I, I, I don't go through all seven uh, picks or, or all 14 picks for the Vikings, but I just want to say this. They did a hell of a job. And it, I think this might be majority of the reason why the Packers are so mad right now because they seen the job that Minnesota did. So, hell of a job. I gave my A. Uh, you mean the Packers fans, right? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure the Packers in the organization think they did good. But anyway, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the Vikings, they, they did a whale of a job here. I thought in, in their, their first four picks, they addressed all the needs I had for them. Wide receiver, offensive line, and corner. You got Justin Jefferson, I think after uh, Ruggs, Judy, and uh, uh, C.D. Lamb. He was our fourth best receiver. They got him uh, as a kind of a steal because Jalen Rager went bef right before Justin Jefferson and Mike Zimmer. He he's starting to rebuild that secondary with Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dancer. And we know he can coach defense and Ezra Cleveland. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're a little iffy on that offensive line. I think he's going to help them in that. And some late round value in the fourth rounds or mid rounds, uh, James Lynch and Troy die. Those guys keep an eye on, they could be factors on that defense as well. Yeah, I definitely thought this was one of the better drafts. I mean, they had a, a, an ass mount in the picks, but they still – I thought they used them very smart. Where I thought was the Dolphins, like, kind of wasted a couple of them. I thought they were all pretty smart with their picks here with Minnesota. Uh, Jefferson fits in well that Vikings offense a lot, and it's kind of what they need. I'm not as over the moon about him as some people are, but he'll be productive from day one. I have no doubt about that. Uh, Gladney and Dan start cornerback. I like how they double down at the cornerback spot. They said, hey, we need one, we need two, we'll take two of them. You know, we'll take what we need. And um, those are two guys I definitely had in, on day two going – and that improves that backfield who did lose a lot of guys in the offseason. And uh, Dantzler should have probably been gone by 89. Uh, Cleveland, you know, I saw him mocked up a lot higher in a lot of drafts. So, again, good value there. And like you said, Jay, uh, Troy died to stand out in some of those day three picks, but some uh, youth at older linebacking core. They could be a really solid contributor. So, I don't know much to complain about. I think it's an A draft. Yeah, I don't think I said this, but this is an A draft. I just want to make sure I said that. And, uh, well, you got the Packers. Um, you have any thoughts <laughs> on the Packers? <laughs> yes. This is an F. And oh. it's, only, it's an F for only the first two picks. There is no reason to even evaluate this draft after the first two picks. You traded up for Jordan Love, you know, that whatever. And then to make it even more mystifying, you go get A.J. Dillon. Nothing against this guy. I, I was telling you I thought Buffalo should have went with A.J. Dillon. But you reach for A.J. Dillon. I thought he's more third and fourth round guy. When you got Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, you know Aaron Jones scored 16 touchdowns last year. Not only should Aaron Rodgers be furious, these running backs should be in the GM's office saying, am I not doing something right? Did I not score enough touchdowns last season? So, and oh, by the way, I haven't said this yet, but the GM, when you talk about 
hey, you know, in the second round, there was some wide receivers I wanted, but I couldn't trade up to get them. You know why? Because you traded up in the first round for a quarterback you didn't need. F. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're going to let that smoke clear. We we out here. We let that that clear. Listen, oh, yeah. hey, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna copy and paste what Jay said for the first two picks, and I'm just gonna roll into that third one. Uh, Josiah DeGaro, the tight end out of Cincinnati, with the ninth, ninety-fourth pick, um, looking to be the second tight end behind Sternberger. Now that you 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 sent Jimmy Graham packing, um, and uh, he could possibly be a starter if he progresses fast enough, and, uh, and and he's definitely a project to be a possible starter um day one but i don't know we'll see but listen the backtrack a little bit i'm not as passionately upset as jay is but i do agree with his sentiments like that's unacceptable especially if the gm actually said i didn't have the pick to trade back up are you are you motherfucking kidding me i mean i'm sorry are you kidding me though like I can't, I can't believe that. Why? What do you mean? You drafted a quarterback that you didn't need. That's unacceptable to say you didn't have what you needed to draft. But I'm I'm not as upset. So, yeah. Um, I gave them a whopping C-. minus. Yep. Uh, yeah, th- this one we've dug through a lot, you know, kind of like we talked about on Wednesday. The thing with Jordan Love is even if he's like a bona fide starter, it's still a questionable move because either A, you're eating huge, massive, dead salary cap on Rodgers like we've probably never seen before in this league. You're talking $50, $60 million to get the value out of Love, or you're going to waste most of Jordan Love's cheap years with him on the bench, and then what? You go in your fourth round, and maybe you pick up his fifth-year option, and then you get two years of cheap quarterback play. That's not what you draft a quarterback in the first round part of the reason for doing that is to have that cheap contract so you're squandering the most value love's gonna have and we haven't even addressed the fact that jordan love really isn't probably an nfl quality starter and a lot of people were not very high on this kid for a reason so yeah it could be good but like you can't even sell me on all oh, this was some home run you know kid that we couldn't pass on yeah you, you could have passed you could have even waited for him to follow you at 30 and it were 30 29 and it wouldn't have mattered so you know and aj dylan i like him as a player he mauled fsu for years i watched the dude play a lot of football but 62 he wasn't even on the top 200 in most big boards so like fourth fifth round hey you know and, and if i could see you taking a flyer on a guy like say cam Akers went higher than i thought but i could see why a team would look at him and go okay yeah i see why we want to get him in the second Dylan's like a high floor, low ceiling kind of running back. Like he's going to be just what he is. So I don't know why you would reach so high for him. It just doesn't make any sense. And, man, I combed the rest of these picks. I was trying to find something because I knew Jay was going to bring the smoke. I thought, well, maybe there's something I can salvage in here. And there's just – there's not. No, it's a project offensive lineman. They all look like depth pieces at best. Tight end, it looks like he'll probably play special teams. But number two tight end in the third round, like – like what this is a mess this is even outside the love debacle the rest of this draft's a complete whiff i'm giving it a d minus and the only reason i can give it a d minus is jordan love might be good and if he is good maybe you get something out of this draft but man i, I gotta think that green bay just hey don't hard. don't worry about it gutikas hey your boys down here at least they let you pass i ain't letting it slide y'all need to go down here and take some draft remediation All right, guys, I'm going to finish off with rapid reaction. A lot of topics, a little bit of time. Take it away, Drink. All right, let's roll, baby. Chiefs 
quarterback Patrick Mahomes is confident that he and the chief will eventually come to agreement on a contract extension. Do you share that? Do you share his optimism? Yes, this is happening. This is going to be one of the rare occasions. I don't, I don't complain about a quarterback contract. They can pay him. They can pay him however much money he wants. I don't care. The NBA issued a memo yesterday advising teams only to arrange coronavirus testing for players with symptoms. Is that a right approach? Only if there's a shortage of uh, test kits. If so, then, yeah, you might have to prioritize who gets one first. But I don't know if using symptoms is the right measuring stick. So I'm 50-50 on that approach. Former Major League Manager Buck Showalter said fans are a critical component of the game, and having games without them would affect players. Do you agree? I think they'll, I think that's valid in some respects, uh, but for the most part, uh, that, that paycheck should be enough uh, to make you perform out there. So not, not much, not, don't agree all that much on this one, Buck. Yesterday, the NCAA Division one border board of directors said it does not recommend potential changes to the transfer waiver process. How will that affect the vote scheduled for May 20th? It seems to me that the vote might agree with the board of directors. Uh, I don't think we're hearing this news by accident. So I think that's, what's going to happen. The Falcons added edge rusher, Chris Harris in a trade and the Jaguars signed free agent running back, Chris Thompson, which signing will have a bigger impact. I don't know if either sign will do all that much, but uh, Charles Harris has like three and a half sacks in three seasons. And at least, at least Chris Thompson is productive when healthy. So I'll give the edge to Chris Thompson. Go Jaguars. Uh, welterweight Mikey Garcia said he is working to get a rematch with uh, World Boxing Championship and IBF welterweight champ Errol Spence Jr. Drink, you want to see that? No, because Mikey is too small. And the first fight was a one-sided affair by Spence. So I don't even understand what he's talking about. He needs to stay in his lane. Former Mississippi State quarterback Keaton Thompson is heading to Virginia as a graduate transfer. How do you feel about this move? I like it. You know, Bryce Perkins was a transfer, and that, that went well. Uh, one thing, I, Bright, uh, Bronco Mendenhall had an interesting quote. He said uh, Virginia is going to need uh, two quarterbacks to challenge for the Coastal and the ACC. And, I don't know about that. Bryce Perkins was one quarterback, so not sure what he's talking about in that one. Recently in an interview, WBC and IBF welterweight champ Errol Spence Jr. said, if I'm 100% focused in my prime, I'll beat pretty boy Floyd. Your thoughts, Drink? I like the confidence from Spence, but nobody wants that smoke from pretty boy Floyd. So, you know, when he was in his prime, he was a straight savage. So I don't, you know, I like the confidence, but that's, that's coming down a little bit pop. Wake Forest have hired East Tennessee Steve Forbes as his next men's basketball coach just six days after firing Danny Manning. Your thoughts on the hire? I don't really know if it matters who takes that job. It's just not an attractive job at this point. When you look at all the schools in North Carolina, North Carolina Duke, and NC State, Wake Forest is by far the most unattractive job. So good luck, Steve. Last one, WBC middleweight champion Jermelo Hitman Charlo is moving up to super middleweight to challenge WBC super middleweight, middleweight champion David Benavidez. Drake, what does this mean to you? Hey, man, first of all, this means a lot. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, this just shows that Charlo got tired of sitting around waiting on the likes of the Canelos, the Triple Gs, the Andres, or the 160-pound division. And uh, he, he want to move up to 168, and he want all the smoke immediately. So I like it. And uh, – uh, hey, we need more of this in, in the world of boxing. All right. That concludes today's Drink of Wisdom. I'm Cody Ward. I'm Jay Waz.
and I'm Nathan Drinker. And remember, make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday. And you know what we gonna do. We gonna holler at you until next time, baby.